be or not to be? That is the question. Hi, and welcome back to the AP Reread. Today, we're going to be diving into our analysis of Shakespeare's famous play, Hamlet. My name is Maddie, and I'm here with Julia, Amy, Elizabeth, and Kaylee this morning. All right, so first we wanted to start off by summarizing the entire play for you. Act 1 opens with two watchmen, Bernardo and Francisco. We are in, the setting is in Denmark. They see a ghost outside in front of the castle. We enter the castle and here we have King Claudius of Denmark giving a speech to the people. Gives a speech to the people after, this takes place after the death of Hamlet's father, King Hamlet. And we see Hamlet then he, after he talks to Hamlet, he's trying to calm him down. Hamlet's really grieving after the death of his father. Our first soliloquy takes place, starting with the famous line, Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt. We see that Hamlet wants to commit suicide, but he won't because it's a sin. He wants, He's mad at his mother for getting remarried to his uncle. And also then, following that in Act 1, we are introduced to Laertes and Polonius. Polonius is Ophelia's father. He's very strict with her. He says, don't get together with Hamlet. We care about our reputation. We move on to Laertes talking to Ophelia. And he also cares about her well-being and does not want her to get with Hamlet. Then we have the ghost of King Hamlet show up and reveal how he truly died because King Claudius murdered him. All right, moving on to Act 2. Okay, so Act 2 starts off with Polonius uh, instructing one of his servants, Ronaldo, to go and spy on his son, Laertes, to find out more information about him. And this ultimately shows kind of right off the bat the shady character of Polonius. And then during this time, Ophelia enters the scene very distressed and she's... She's... Wait, what just happened? Oh, you're good. Keep on going. Oh, so you lost your network connection. Okay, sorry. So, Ophelia enters the scene very distressed, and she tells her father that she's scared of Hamlet. And then once Polonius hears this information, he changes his mindset and insists that Hamlet is mad because he was in love with Ophelia, but obviously he is not with Ophelia anymore. So, there- we, during this time, we switched to another scene where King Claudius calls two of Hamlet's childhood friends to help him discover why Hamlet is mad, and if they do discover why, help him get out of it. Polonius goes towards King Claudius and explains his ex- personal ex- opinion for Hamlet's madness, and Polonius shares with Claudius that he thinks they should bring... Sorry, I think we got cut off there in our summary of Act 2. That's okay. Um, Kaylee, if you wanted to pick up with us, maybe finishing off what was Elizabeth saying and starting the summary of Act 3. Sure, so, um, moving on from there, um, I'll just go on to, uh, the soliloquy that Hamlet had had, um, in Act 3 where that's where he decided to start like really showing how he's contemplating whether or not to commit suicide um and being torn between uh the temptation of eternal peace or also the fear of not knowing what comes after death 
and he conversed with Ophelia, turned down her love. He kills Polonius while talking with his mother because of how she married his uncle. Um, so Ophelia tells Hamlet that she wishes to return the feelings, but he denies ever giving her any in the first place. And I, um, during the scenes, mostly due to him not wanting to be with women after seeing how his mother basically betrayed his his trust and love as well as his father's so it's mostly him reflecting that pain onto ophelia and then she like mourns that he has gone mad and then it moves on to the third part where hamlet heads off to see his mother and begins to vent about her betrayal and sees the ghost of his father not only did it support the idea of him going insane his mother is um terrified of seeing her her son change so much and then he is actually able to convince her to stop uh giving in to the to his uncle okay thank you so much all right moving on to act four julia did you want to start us off with the summary of act four Sure. So, um, at the end of Act 3, um, we also see that Hamlet kills Polonius, um, uh, due to thinking that it might be Claudius behind the crime. Um, and when he does kill Polonius, he's obviously a little upset it's not Claudius, but he goes and he hides the body. Um, and so at the beginning of Act 4 that we see, Gertrude goes to tell Claudius about Polonius, and Claudius is freaked out because he finally sees that Hamlet might be starting to endanger him in some way. And so they agree that Hamlet needs to be shipped off to England. Um, and so then we see this dinner scene where Hamlet's acting insane and won't tell them where the body is and is instead telling them all these riddles about worms and kings and maggots and that sort of thing. Um, but eventually they convince Hamlet's friends um, to try to get him off to England as well, which they do, but on their way, Hamlet encounters um, an army that is going to fight for a meaningless plot of land, and this kind of gives Hamlet this revelation in some ways, as well as just begin to question a lot of things because so much life is going to be lost over something so relatively meaningless um and then we see ophelia after dealing with the heartbreak of hamlet going off on her and condemning women as well as marriage as well as her and saying that his feelings for her weren't true and all these things um has gone a little bit mad with heartbreak and there's also some suspicions that she may be pregnant as well Um, And we really do start to see, like, the nature of her relationship with Hamlet after it's over because of the way that it damaged her in many ways. And then Hamlet eventually returns to Denmark, as well as Laertes, who returns after he finds out that Ophelia has killed herself in the river. And so Laertes is now back and wants revenge for both his father and his sister, who he thinks both met their demise as a cause of Hamlet. 
Thank you, Julia, for that lovely summary of Act 4. All right, now on to Act 5. Amy, did you want to quickly summarize Act 5 for us to wrap up our summary of the play? Um, yeah, sure. So, basically, in Act 5, Hamlet finds out that Ophelia kills herself, and then immediately after this, he proclaims his love for her, which is obviously different in Acts 3 and 4. Um, and then Harry... Hamlet and Laertes duel, with Laertes dying of his own poisoned sword and Hamlet being struck by it. Claudius plans to kill Hamlet with a poisoned drink, but his mother accidentally drinks it, causing her death. Now, immediately after this, in rage, Hamlet forces Claudius to drink the remaining of the cup, from which he dies immediately afterwards. And then finally, Hamlet eventually dies too, due to the fact that he was originally hit by that poisoned sword. All right, thank you, Amy. Moving on to our next segment, we wanted to talk a little bit more about diving into a deeper analysis of each of our characters throughout the play. So of course, our main character, Hamlet, starting with act one, this is where we first meet Hamlet. Um, as we know throughout the play, his madness and the difference between like his antic disposition and his true feelings keep getting blurred. But in Act 1, we don't see necessarily that he's gone completely mad yet. We get a little bit of insight inside his mind during Act 1, like when he says like this rotten flesh would melt. So he's talking about the potential of suicide. We start to see that he could have a potential for madness throughout this play. Did any of you want to add and talk about how he's gone mad maybe in the rest of the book as he develops? Maybe. Yeah, so in my um, act two, which I pretty much covered uh, Hamlet, kind of see more of his madness develop here as we see him have a conversation with Polonius and again during this conversation he kind of put on the antic disposition that he was mad and he insulted Polonius uh particularly I remember he said you are a fishmonger and uh by doing this he convinces Polonius he's mad because Polonius doesn't think uh Hamlet is almost like smart enough to insult him so he kind of blames on the madness during the conversation in his head. He's like, oh, you're just talking like this because you're mad, which isn't, in, in fact, Hamlet's ultimate uh, part of his plan. And this, again, is a theme of deception. And actually in this novel, or in this play, sorry, the deception is seen through everyone, kind of um, with Polonius and Claudius as they spy on Hamlet, as well as Ronaldo spying on his son. So as Hamlet sees all of this deception going on, he kind of justifies his own deception of Polonius and all of the other characters in the future. And this is only the beginning of his madness. And here we, we can still see a clear differentiable um, line between his antic disposition and what is truly his real madness. But then as the novel progresses, we'll see how the lines blur and he truly his faking being mad does become his reality. Thank you for that, Elizabeth. Um, I wanted to further move on into Act 3. Naomi, if you want to take over and talk about how Hamlet's, Hamlet's madness progresses as we move on into the play.
Or maybe if we want to skip on over to Act 4 and Julia, you want to talk about his madness? Sure. So, um, in Act 4, um, this is after Hamlet has his to be or not to be soliloquy in Act 3. Um, but in Act 4, Hamlet's kind of walking a very thin line of real and fake sanity. Um, and there's a lot of different tells of that, but um, we see he's just killed Polonius and he does not show any remorse for it. Um, as well as he's completely like ruins Ophelia and doesn't seem to care. Um, and so we just kind of see that he's kind of starting to blur the lines of real and fake crazy um and is just willing to do whatever it takes to meet his ultimate goal of getting revenge for his father and then in terms of secondary characters we also see a lot of interesting character motifs and development um for the characters of both claudius and ophelia because when Gertrude goes to tell uh, Claudius about the death of Polonius, rather than being worried that Gertrude may have been injured or mourning Polonius, Claudius instead is stating about how it could have been him and how dangerous it is for him and how he's in danger and all these things. And so we really do, in case there was any doubt, are made aware of the fact that Claudius really does only care about himself and is just truly selfish and is the person that Hamlet thought him to be. And then in terms of character development for Ophelia, we see her complete and ultimate demise. She goes from being a very kind of happy-go-lucky young girl at the very beginning of the book who's just in love with the young prince to being completely ruined she's singing songs and is just acting crazy in all sorts of ways and ultimately she's so grief-stricken and heartbroken both at the death of her father and the um also antics of hamlet that she goes to drown herself in the river yeah, I just wanted to quickly add on to what Julia said about Ophelia's madness in Act 4. Um, connecting it back to Act 1 really quickly, we kind of start to see Ophelia being controlled by her father, like setting us up for her downfall in Act 4. Like even when her father's talking to her saying, you can't you can't be with Hamlet, you can't ruin our family, family reputation like that. It's kind of a preview as to how after her father's um, death that she... Um, kind of loses her mind okay moving back to act four and then following all the way into act five if amy wanted to pick up with maybe a little bit more character analysis of hamlet or other characters in act five amy go ahead um yeah sure so throughout the whole play hamlet's debating whether or not it's moral to kill claudius and whether or not he would go to hell for killing claudius and obviously, at five, he does kill Claudius, and it's interesting to look what truly motivated him to do this. So immediately 
before killing Claudius, his mom was killed and he knew that he was going to die minutes later. And that was a true motivation factor for him to reason that it was okay, in a sense, to kill Claudius because he had little to no time left. I find that very interesting because um, moral thought almost was out of the picture at this point because the action was still not good. It was still not moral. It was still a sin. But I think the fact that his mom has just died and he was going to die, that just removed the moral portion of the equation for Hamlet and his reasoning. Um, But yeah, I think that was really interesting and seeing from Acts 1 through 5, his regression to reasoning to kill Claudius. Yeah, like as we said, and Amy said, he really progresses throughout this novel. We just see him kind of spiral downhill as his situation around him, the pressure builds, and as he just kind of collapses in on himself, and we can't tell the difference anymore between his madness, and we really start to believe that Hamlet was truly, in fact, mad throughout probably the entire play. All right, moving on to our last segment, we just wanted to talk about a couple quotes here today. I wanted to mention one specifically from Act One, and it's where Marcellus says, something is rotten in the state of Denmark. This is right in the beginning of our play, where he and Horatio are debating about whether to follow the ghost into the dark night, and this quote really isn't about, like, the type of like literary devices that Shakespeare uses here, although Shakespeare does that plenty of other times throughout our play, it's about the fact that the ghost is like an ominous omen for Denmark. Like the ghost brings this presence to Denmark that really is, it really is like this presence that we know something bad is happening. It's almost like a foreshadowing of the rest of the novel and the corruption, especially seen by King Claudius, like what he's done to his brother, how he killed King Hamlet, like everything that's corrupt in their political system, this ghost represents it all. If anyone has something to add to that, or if we just wanted to skip right on over to possibly Act 3, if anyone has a quote from Act 3. I just wanted to go off of that quote. I I do... Um, I agree with you. I do think it was a bad omen, especially because after Polonius was killed by Hamlet, the ghost appeared once more, which I guess you could you could see that as a, an, an omen that, yes, uh, Hamlet was going to die because it was because of Polonius's death that his son wanted to avenge his death. So it's that death that led to Hamlet's own death since it was the thought of seeking revenge. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, moving on to Act 4. Julia, did you have any quotes, specific quotes that you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah, so the quote that I kind of thought um, would probably be most important for me to share um, is the quote, um, Your worm is your only emperor for diet. We fat all creatures else to feed us, and we fat ourselves for maggots. So... Uh, in this quote the reason I chose it is because it kind of this is set during the dinner scene and Hamlet goes on a little bit of a rant discussing how ultimately people die and their bodies get eaten by maggots which get eaten by 
other bugs and by fish and um those fish are fed to us and to peasants that feed us and all that sort of thing um and he's really going into the speech discussing how basically there's no difference between people and there's no difference between like kings and peasants and ultimately everyone dies and becomes the same food for maggots and this specific quote when he's saying this is addressed to claudius um who as we know is willing to do whatever it takes to become king and hamlet giving this um small speech about how everyone's equal is his way of pushing back and saying like no matter what you're still gonna die you're still gonna be eaten by the same bugs as everyone else um and i think that this quote really kind of explains hamlet's motivation overall and it also gives us like a little bit of clarity and like the fact that hamlet is still aware of his goals as well as the fact that hamlet is willing to push back at his uncle um to his face even before he's fully decided to kill him just by um talking back to him and making him aware that when he dies he's gonna be no better than anyone else and i think that that is a really good um theme we kind of see throughout the book is obviously like class and um you know the fighting to get a higher position in life but ultimately it doesn't matter yeah we kind of see hamlet coming to terms with death here at the end amy was there one last quote you wanted to add from act five before we wrap up for today um yeah i think a really important quote that was in act five is that hamlet said um and sorry in act five he says to punish me with this and this is me and this with me and i think that's important because he believes that his death was a punishment of killing polonius and he thinks that his death had meaning he thinks that his death was um it was almost like karma, per se. And it also highlights that his death is not either heroic, but it's not also shameful at the same time. And I think that coincides with the moral logic of the play, since Hamlet achieves his father's vengeance, but only being motivated to do it by the most extreme circumstance one might consider, which is his mother dying, and then knowing that he too will be dying in, in seconds. Thank you so much for that, Amy. All right, that's all we have for today for our analysis of Hamlet. I wanted to thank Julia, Amy, Kaylee, and Elizabeth for joining me here today. That's it for today on the AP Reread. Have a good one.